Hello and welcome to episode two of Faithful Through and Through, a podcast celebrating Celtic supporters clubs from around the world. I'm Chris Gallagher and today our focus is on the United States as we hear from supporters clubs in New York and Texas. First up, we're off to Manhattan as we speak to president of the Fenian boys, Robert Parker. Based in Jack Dempsey's, the New York Fenian Boys Supporters Club was founded in July 1998. And it's the place to go to watch Celtic in the Big Apple. Joining me now is the president of the New York Fenian Boys, based in Manhattan. It's Robert Parker. Hello, Robert. How are you, sir? Not so bad. How's yourself? Not too bad at all. Um, thanks for getting involved and uh, chatting to us. Um, so we just want to talk about the New York Fenian Boys, uh, the club itself. But let's get a little bit about a background about yourself. Um, tell me a little bit about yourself and you know you being a Celtic fan. Well, uh, I'm Mark. You know. Early to mid fifties, I've been a Celtic fan since I was four years old. My grandfather was from Shelton. Um, he would take me to, to Celtic Park if they were at home, and if they're away, it would be Shelton Juniors. Beautiful. Um, I, I would I'd stand in the jungle. I don't have any of those proverbial stories about people pissing down the back of my leg. That never happened. All my memories of the jungle are, are very fond ones. Uh, Murdo McLeod is the first kind of player that stands out in my in my memory. I'm, I'm not particularly sure why, but. Uh, my granddad was a huge Celtic fan. My dad was never a football fan, so it was my granddad that watched me playing football growing up as a kid and took me along to Celtic Park, and um, I've been a fan ever since. Superb, lovely stuff. Uh, what took you to New York? Uh, well, so I've been coming here since the early 90s. Uh, my birthday's the day after St. Patrick's Day, so I, you know I would be here for St. Patrick's Week um, invariably every year. And in the late 90s, uh, I met a girl who I would go on a date for a couple of years and then marry. Um, we get married in 2002 uh, and then come back to, to Scotland. Well, actually, to, to England. I lived in Newcastle for a while um, where I was a member of the Tyneside number one. Awesome. Um, and then moved back up to, to uh, the Glasgow area. Um, was there for about 16 years. And then finally, she said, because I told her when we get married, we'd only live in Scotland for two years. And uh, she eventually says it's time to go back. So moved back to, to New York. To, uh, sorry, when was it? 2014. So eight years ago. Uh, it'll be nine years this year. And uh, when I first got to the city, I kind of reconnected with folks who I knew. So I'd been going to Rocky Sullivan's as a visitor um, before I came back to New York. So I knew Tony Quinn very well. Tony was the founding president of our club at Rockies. Um, I got to know Chris Byrne very well, the owner of Rocky Sullivan's at the time. Uh, I followed Shanike and the Unity Squad, um, and then all the shenanigans that you know went on in and out of Rockies. Uh, the Fenian boys were formed in 98 um, as part of a breakaway from the, the NYCSC because there was a, a little bit of a, um, a disconnect between uh, the way that People like to follow their team. So our mantra here at the Fenian Boys is freedom of speech, freedom of song. Um, so, you know, we're not afraid to, to be uh, political, overtly political in our views. Um, and that didn't sit well with uh, some of the rest of the NYCSC members. So um, we split in, in 1998 um, and found a new home in Rocky Sullivan's where 
uh, until Rockies relocated to, to Brooklyn because of increasing um, rent from, from the landlords. Uh, we found ourselves um, a little bit like nomads for a while before we got um, our new home, which has been, um, you know, for the last, I don't know, feels like, feels like 20 years. It's not that much, um, but, but uh, you know, um, Jack Dempsey's has been a really good home to us. Uh, we've got a very good relationship with the owners and the staff. Um, and it's been our home now. Uh, I, I can't anticipate, you know, notwithstanding the kind of current state of the food and beverage industry in New York yeah. City after the, the impact of COVID, can't imagine us ever leaving Rockies. You know, we've got a really good home there. Yeah, superb. Really uh, kind of good to hear that sort of stuff. Um, in regards to the, the Fenian boys, you, you mentioned the kind of politi- political aspect and, you know, um, freedom of speech, freedom of song, which I think is, is, a, is a great kind of mantra. Um, what sort of people come to uh, watch the games at the, the, the supporters club? Is it a big supporters club? Obviously, you maybe have some tourist guys who are kind of in the, the New York area on holiday and stuff. What's the kind of base support like? So the, the, the mix has changed. It's evolved over time. Um, you know, when at the, at, from the outset, it was Scottish and Irish um, immigrants, right? It was folks um, who'd found a new home in, in New York uh, and brought the love uh, of Celtic and, you know, and all things Celtic to, to their new life in New York. And, but over time, we've kind of grown. Um, and, and I'm pleased to say we've got quite, quite a few young American-born members. And they may be, you know, the offspring of, of immigrants, um, or they may just have heard about the, the Celtic story, but we get quite a mix of folks. We've got about 40-odd uh, paid-up members. So by paid-up, I mean, we don't charge at the door, right? So our membership is $120 a season. Uh, and for that, um, you get to be you get to have a say in how the club is run. Uh, you'll get a bit of merchandise. But you could quite easily not pay your membership and just turn up and get in for free and watch the games. Uh, but we've fostered a, a kind of culture at the club where people are happy to kind of, you know, pay their membership because it allows us to pay our Celtic TV subscription, which is not a, a an insignificant amount of money. Yeah. Um, and then it allows us also to kind of start our basis of fundraising, which we do largely through the sale of merchandise, T-shirts and scarves on the premises. Uh, we have an online store, which I've suspended for logistical reasons at this point in time, but we'll get, get it back online. But we, we raised quite a bit of cash. Um, and, and back in the day, we used to distribute that to a number of different charitable organisations. But now we've decided that, you know, we're not experts at distributing funds to, to, to worthy causes, but the Celtic Foundation are. Yeah. Um, fantastic group of people there. So we channel all of our charitable donations, all our fundraising efforts go towards the Celtic Foundation. Um, and to that end, we've been heavily involved in the, the organising of the Celtic Foundation Gala Dinner here in New York, um, the next of which is in, in April, where Rod Stewart and his full band will be playing a private gig for us and hopefully we'll raise a million bucks on the night. Oof. Um, uh, so, so, you know, it's it, we, we can live and breathe the Celtic ethos um, and, you know, the membership fees and the merchandise sales um, and the support we get from Jack Dempsey's allows us to do that. Superb. Um, obviously, the it was a bit of a breakaway with the the other club, the other New York club. Uh, is there still a bit of needle there, or does that is it all a bit of fun? Uh, there is, um, but I like to say it's kind of tongue in cheek, right? There's no real animosity, right? We're all Celtic supporters in the end, and they've been falling in some hard times lately, right? So the parlour went out of business, and so they had to find a new home. 
um, in St. Pat's, which was just up the street from us, which I wasn't too happy about, if I'm being perfectly honest. And then St. Pat's have kicked them out, or they're, you know, they're no longer at St. Pat's, and I've just found a new home uh, at McHale's, which is in my neighbourhood where I live. Um, <laughs> but wish, wish them the best of luck at, at McHale's. McHale's um, hosts a number of uh, soccer clubs, shall we call them, um, as well as you know boxing and UFC and all that sort of stuff. Uh, the folks that own and run McHale's are good people, um, so hopefully, you know, uh, they'll get a bit of stability because actually the rivalry in, in Manhattan, you know, having two Celtic clubs, uh, I think has been healthy for both clubs. And, you know, they call themselves family friendly. We're also family friendly. If you come to New York and you want to bring your kids, you know, we welcome kids. Uh, but just understand that if you go to Celtic Park or if you go to a bar in Glasgow that's Celtic minded, you're going to get folks that are going to be singing songs that perhaps your eight-year-old wouldn't, you know, find too kind of fanciful, and you know, there's going to be a bit of choice in industrial language. And if if the other club um, don't allow that, don't have freedom of speech, and they don't allow the use of certain terms, and they won't have certain songs sung, that's up to them. But for us, you know, we'll continue to do that. Like we we replicate the atmosphere that you would get in any Celtic bar back in Glasgow. We have it right here in New York City. Um, it sounds like you're describing a, a family event, uh, one of my family events certainly. Anyway, so um, <laughs> all good. Uh, see, in, in regards to the actual the actual name, um, is there relevance to the New York Fenian boys? There is, and so I, I love when people kind of take umbrage to our use of the term Fenian because it's a chance to kind of educate people. Um, you know, some of our merchandise um, we kind of you know, we stole the term, we never coined the term. Um, unrepentant Fenian bastard. Uh, but Shanaki and the Unity Squad, um, Chris Byrne, who was the lead singer, wrote all the songs, formerly Black 47, owner of Rocky Sullivan's. Uh, he, he he invented the, the kind of um, the terms uh, Celtic hip-hop, right? And it was kind of Celtic tunes uh, with kind of rapping and hip-hop in the background. Um, their version of Sean South is absolutely fantastic but they come up with a song called Fenians and in the, the chorus of that song they repeatedly shout unrepentant Fenian bastard which is about taking some pride in your in your you know in your history um in, in your roots and, and not being ashamed of the term and if when, when others um you know that, that mob from the other side of the city would would call you a, a dirty Fenian bastard you know the response is well actually um, you know, I'm an unrepentant Fenian bastard, and it's taken what was largely considered an insult and turning into a badge of honour. Um, but there are there is some historical context um, uh, that comes from uh, the Bowery when you know there, there were uh, folks who were displaced through the famine and, and ended up in, in New York City, and, and there was talk of um, how the Bowery boys would all come together. Um, and 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 that 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 whole the, the Fenian boy term um, is, is steeped actually in history. So it wasn't Chris Byrne who coined it through his hip hop song. Um, it actually goes you know further back than that. And there's a lot lot of history behind the term. And, and I'm always uh, confused and slightly bemused that people would take offence to the use of the term um, you know Fenian boys. Uh, we are proud of our name. Um, we're never going to change it. There was. Uh, a bit of a debacle actually when we were um, trying to establish ourselves as a club because at that point in time you had to go through the Federation of American Celtic Supporters Clubs which were the Canadian Mafia, a bunch of guys based up in Toronto 
who you had to buy your Satanta TV rights through. Oof. So they controlled a lot of uh, how the, the American supporters clubs were run and even the naming convention was subject to a bit of debate. Um, they no longer have that influence at all. They're basically the party planning committee for the Vegas convention. They don't have any influence or control over how we operate or any other club in North America operates. And so we've got the freedom to kind of name ourselves as we see fit. Um, you know, we have a, another, we have an, an alter ego, which is the Manhattan number one Celtic supporters club, which is, you know, what we have on our checks when we present a check to the Celtic Foundation. So as proud as we are of our history and our name, um, we understand the sensitivities sometimes when, for example, presenting a check to a children's hospital, you might not want to have the Fenian boys on the check when there's a bunch of press and photographers there, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, in regards to those early kickoffs, um, how do you do it? Uh, well, how do I do it now and how, do I, how did I do it personally about you know, 10, 15 years ago? I, back in the day, because um, the bars don't shut here till 4am and the bars I drink in don't shut at all so usually I would just drink right through the night and go straight to the game but there's a few games I've had to watch back because I couldn't remember what happened during the game so these days I go to my bed and I get up early and I make it in time uh, or sometimes I don't if I'm, if I'm being brutally honest but you know we've gotten used to it it's a, it's a real frustration uh, and when we were getting into ourselves into UEFA Cup runs when you know UEFA European games were on a Thursday and games were getting pushed to a Sunday. 7 a.m. on a Sunday is a real ball ache, right? It's a real ball ache. But we've got a hardcore of folks who never miss a game. Um, and there will be from time to time. If you get, you know, um away to St. Mirren at seven o'clock on a Sunday morning, we might find ourselves only with, you know, eight to ten people in the bar. Um, conversely, seven o'clock on any day when we were playing the other mob you know, we'll have to open three or four of the levels that we have in, in Jack Dempsey's to accommodate, um, you know, the footfall that we get. And the footfall, quite largely, is, you know, for those bigger games, cup games and uh, Glasgow Derby games, comes from visitors. And so, you know, our social media presence is important to us. Um, you know, we advertise on, on Twitter, not so much on Facebook, just launched a, a new Instagram account. Sweet. But we do get inquiries from folks who are coming from back home and from Ireland um, to, to, you know, to come and visit Jack Dempsey's. So they know they can get there. There's no cover charge ever. We'll never charge a Tim any money to come in and watch a game. And then for the bigger games, we'll put on live music at our expense. That expense is shared between the club and the, and the bar. So we're grateful to the bar for the support they give us. But you can imagine, you know, it's not, we're not paying a, a singer or a band to sing nursery rhymes, right? It's the kind of songs that we're used to hearing on the terraces at Celtic Park. Yeah, and uh, that's exactly what you want. Uh, in regards to what's on tap, is the Guinness good in Jack Dempsey? I've heard... I've Guinness heard actually good. is quite good. And so, you know, good Guinness is hard to come by in Manhattan, if I'm being totally frank. Um, and, you know, the, the Swift Hibernia on West 4th Street has got the best pint, um, bar none, in Manhattan. The second best pint would be Paddy Riley's, yeah. which I just read on the wires today is going to close March 31st, which is a real shame because Paddy Riley's was right round the corner from Rocky Sullivan's in Black 47 in, in the early parts of the day and Chris Bond would have played in there. Um, so really, really sad to hear that, that Paddy Riley's is closing down. And then I, I, I would say third place, you know, for the best pint of Guinness in Manhattan would be Jack Dempsey's. The Guinness is really good in there. Uh, 
the rest of it, it's all, you know, American domestic, and then you'll get your usual imports and what have you. Lovely stuff. Um, what's your been your kind of big highlights? What games have really kind of got the whole place rocking? Uh, you know, European games can be a challenge for us because um, 7.45 on a Wednesday is 2.45 for us and folks and perhaps still in the office and you know we might struggle on a, on a Wednesday afternoon to get folks in so it's weekend games and it's always a Glasgow Glasgow Derby games and the ones where you know either it's at Hamden um, or we've taken a few off them and there's been that many right there's is there one in particular that, that, that springs to mind I mean there's a few where we've just filled out onto the street and we've stopped the traffic in Manhattan um, we're on West 33rd Street between 5th Avenue and, and, and the intersection of 6th Avenue and Broadway. So it's a busy it's a busy junction, you know, as you come out of West 33rd. And we've gone out there to do the huddle. And there's nothing anybody can do about it, right? <laughs> the cops aren't going to try and stop us. They've just got to wait until we've finished. Uh, and that depends, you know, we might have been drinking for five or six hours at this point. So uh, try and stop 60 guys, you know, jumping up and down the middle of a street in Manhattan. Good luck if you want to try and stop that. But there's been a few of those occasions, but, you know, Cup finals, when we've got a good band on after, there's a good crowd in. Um, it's nice what happens. You know, if it's the Scottish Cup final, it's going to be kind of May time, so the weather's nice in Manhattan. Um, you know, those are those those bring to, to, to bear a lot of kind of fond memories. But as I say, there's too many uh, occasions, but they all kind of merge into one, to be honest. If I'm, if I'm trying to remember which one was the best, there's been too many of them. Um, just finishing up... Um... What's your thoughts on the season so far? Big Ange, the players, happy? I'm, I'm really happy. Look, Ange Ball is incredible. Um, the way that he deals with the board, um, the way that he gets what he needs in terms of how he, you know, he signs the players, there's no messing around. I, I don't remember ever um, having made signings so quickly through the, the, the transfer windows that he's, he's been through. Uh, I love the style of play he has. Um, you know, he acknowledges himself that we're still learning when it comes to kind of playing against the better opposition we come up against in Europe. Um, domestically, um, I can't wait uh, for the next time uh, the Huns come to Celtic Park because they're garbage. And, you know, we it, 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 that's not taking anything away from Celtic. Um, we never really turned up at Ibrox. Yeah. Uh, I think we're going to tear the knickers off them when they get back to Celtic Park. And I think we'll win the league comfortably. Um, and, I, you know, the, 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 the atmosphere that he's brought back to the club, you know, we've been through, a, it was a, missing out on 10 in a row was a, was a, was a hammer blow, right, for those of us who've been through every kind of emotion from back in the 80s all the way to where we are today. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, 10 in a row is no longer as our beacon. It's about improving on the European stage and continuing our dominance in Scottish football and I think we Ange at the hill and we can do that in spades Absolutely fantastic uh, Robert, it's been an absolute pleasure sir thank you for speaking with us No problem, good to talk to you From New York to Austin, Texas we got the opportunity to speak to Paul Jameson as he told us all about the Austin Celtic Supporters Club in Texas. Based in Kelly's Irish Pub, 
Paul told us all about the unique atmosphere and what makes a club so special. Joining me now is Paul Jameson from the Austin Celtic Supporters Club in Texas. Hello, Paul. How are you, friend? Hello, doing well. Good stuff. Uh, lovely to hear from you. Um, Austin, Texas. Incredible stuff. Uh, far from home. Um, tell us how you got out there. Um, actually, my mum's from Troy Glen and she married an American sailor from Dunoon. So that was the beginning of my roots. I was born in Charleston, South Carolina, and um, they divorced, went back to Glasgow, lived uh, lived there. My mom was a single parent. And then she actually remarried another American sailor. And then I came back to the States in 78. So I've been back and forth several times. Uh, Dunoon County Primary, back to the States, St. Bridget's, back to the States, St. Bridges, back to the States, uh, St. John Bosco Secondary, back to the States. And then I myself joined the U.S. Navy, nice. uh, went to the same Navy base as my, my dad and my stepdad in Dunoon. Amazing. And uh, got to visit family in Glasgow while I was stationed there. So, and my first job out of the Navy was in Austin, Texas. And, uh, got to connect with the um, Celtic Sports Club in uh, probably 1999. Uh, I found out there was a club here. So, yeah, it's been a long time since we've been here. We've, been, we've moved around different venues, different clubs have been shut, uh, uh, pubs have been shutting down. We, we think we're established now with a, a long-term uh, venue, Kelly's Irish Pub. Um, how is uh, how is it being um, uh, so far away from obviously Celtic Park? Um, that sort of connection with the club, do you have a sort of connection in any way in regards to actual like official sort of thing? Um, not really. Um, it's, it's, we're not a big club. There's a lot of Scots that live here. Um, um, Motherwell, Hearts, Rangers supporters. Um, it's funny, we're probably, I don't know if we're the only club in the world, but we actually watch the old farms together because there's no place open <laughs> half six yeah. in the morning. And, and uh, you know, it's uh, they serve a good meal, serve good pints. We all actually know each other from work venues. So, you know, we're all pals at work, actually. So it's like, um, you know, uh, you know, we're enemies for 90 minutes, but probably the rest of the time. So... Um, but there's no official connection like we have. There's other bigger clubs here, Liverpool. They have official connections and tickets and things like that. But uh, I, I don't think we're we're big enough to 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 get to that level yet. Yeah. Um. Can you give us a brief sort of history of the club of when it kind of started and how it was formed? Sure. We just had a logo redesign, so nice. we're all debating on as to where what's a year that we started. So I, I thought we were 1999 and it would have looked well with the 1888. Um, but uh, but I think we all settled on 2000. And uh, yeah, there it is. Very yeah, 2000. nice. Love it. Uh, so uh, Fox and Hound, and that was when it was a Satanta line. And we're all, we're all chipping in like 200, $300 a year to get this uh, satellite feed. And... Um, 
but now it's obviously uh, much different with the um, you know, streaming services have come online and all that. So, yeah, we've moved around quite a bit. Um, some of the pubs uh, closed due to bankruptcy or new ownership, and we've been popping around different places. We've been at a cigar vault in Gouda, um, they've taken us in. It's like uh, we're, we're these nomads and these refugees. Yeah. Uh, you know, please take us in. You know, you just have to open a half six, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and so it was just absolutely wonderful people, um, you know, getting us in. And so our leadership, Johnny Murphy, he's the, he heads us up. Uh, Matthew Gray, he's the one that basically rescued us at the Cigar Vault. And now we've got uh, Jim Kelly, who he just opened up his own pub, Kelly's Irish, and uh, uh, he's he's taking care of us really really well. So so that's great. So you're based in in, in Kelly's. Um, what have you got on tap there? What's the kind of what's the drink of choice? Um, it's uh, it's a full Irish, so it's like uh, Guinness. Uh, so I play football with uh, the Guinness distributors here, so oh, nice. I connected the two of those guys up. And so, uh, um, yeah, it's just, um, they just opened up their kitchen, so they're trying to get a couple of local things like um, shepherd's pie, fish and chips, you know, got a fish supper. And so uh, we're slowly trying to, you know, make it feel like home because we get a lot of visitors coming in from South by Southwest. Yeah. Um, uh, We have the F1 racing in the fall. Sweet. Circuit of the Americas. We have Austin City Limits, um, so we get we we do get quite a bit of visitors coming in and uh, looking us up on social media and saying, "Oh, where can I where can I get in a game?" Yeah. Um. So in in that regard, does the kind of um the amount of how many like sort of do you have a membership? Is that a membership or is it just just turn up to the bar? We used to have a membership because that was the only way to pay for the Santa feed. It was outrageous. And, and so for those who didn't pay the 200 300 whatever dollars, you know, we, we'd ask for $20 at the door if you weren't a member. So, but now it's a wee bit different. We're all kind of self-sustaining. You know, I, I'm the guy. I, I chip in and I buy all the pins for the year. Someone else does the stickers. Um, we're all kind of self, you know, but there's no official membership like our neighbours at the Liverpool Supporters Club. Uh, I'm in that one as well, and so that one, you know, there's an annual dues I have to pay and all that. Yeah. Um. In, in regards to the you, you were mentioning, like, um, obviously, like if you've got tourists or or people coming to you know different events, does the sort of numbers kind of fluctuate? What's your kind of base sort of number? Do you have a sort of base number, or does it kind of change on a weekly basis? Yeah, um, so weekly games, probably, I'd say, probably 15 Old Firm games were probably, you know, our biggest one, we were up to 60. Um, but uh, it's when the tourists come in during the big events, we have we have bands coming in from, so, you know, one of our members, he supports Scottish bands who are coming to the US trying to get their break, so... There's these connections there. I won't give away the name of the bands, but several bands have come through uh, to take in a game. And, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, it's uh, we're kind of a low-key. It's not like we're Hollywood with the – we have a few big big names, but we're kind of mellow. It's like we don't do autographs and selfies and things like that. You know, yeah. this Austin is supposed to be like a chill city. Like, you know, you can live here in peace and uh, go about your way. 
Yeah, and um, can you tell us a little bit about obviously Austin itself? Because obviously Texas brings these ideas and images that maybe aren't kind of uh, maybe a bit old fashioned. What's Austin like as a city? Oh, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. The first time, you know, I'm waiting for the tumbleweeds and everyone wearing cowboy hats and all that. <laughs> but no, Austin's a very modern city, and uh, uh, it's getting a bit crowded now. But um, it still has uh, the charm of you know it was essentially established by these by the hippies you know going to ut and uh, so it's like um it's a live and let live thing which is really good for our um ideals and and uh yeah and it's um you know like we like we continue to do the charity work of other celtic sports club and and, and celtic as well so um you know we have every every game we have fundraisers and you know the tip jars go to uh different charity events sometimes it's a single charity event like a week at all and did she was you know had cancer and we we're helping helping out the family and had a big barbecue so that's another thing you might it's totally different is you know you come to our celtic sports club to walk taking a game and there's a there's a barbecue pit in the back <laughs> a smoker and there's this guy with the with the meat and the brisket and all that and and we're just handing out and saying we're taking donations for for uh, we know her so um so it's different in that regard i'm sure that similar like to the australian you know whatever you've got a week you know you've got the local flavor um being mixed in with the celtic sports club absolutely fantastic i, lo- I love to hear that sort of stuff um can you tell us a little bit about the the story with roxy because it's a really fantastic one yeah 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 so um with Celtic sport clubs outside of UK, you know, it's like, you know, when, when you're at birth, you know, you got the dad leaning over, you know, getting ready to paint the wee baby blue or green. But <laughs> outside of the UK, we had the ability to, you know, bring in new members and, and, um, and, you know, and this one story is, uh, this good old Roxy, um, She's a nurse. She travels the world. She uh, goes solo wherever she wants. And she was in Glasgow, and she's from the Texas uh, Rio Grande Valley. And she calls up her high school best friend from the valley. His his name is Rolando. Right, Rolando? There's two teams in Glasgow. There's a green team and a blue team. <laughs> Who should I pick? It's it's Celtic and Rangers. I want to support one of them. So she's calling this guy in the middle of a work day. And so it's uh, it's a morning. He tells her, hold on, let me ask the guy. He sits next to me at work. <laughs> Paul, my friend Roxy's in Glasgow. She wants to know who to pick. So a year later, uh, <laughs> Roxy is in Dublin at the Irish Celtic Sports Club party, the, the, their nighttime venue. Uh, all of Celtic, Neil Lennon. James Forrest are all wearing ties, and there's Roxy uh, just hamming it up with him. Had Neil Lennon hold up a, a Keep Austin Weird sign, <laughs> um, and it's like she's been like you know one of our number one fans, and we we, we see that a lot with uh, Americans, like you know they they want to choose a side, and you know and you know for the blue side, you know it's a wee bit frustrating because. Uh, you know, it's like, oh, Drew Carey was invited to a Rangers game, and so he's a, he's a supporter. Oh, I love the Rangers colours because 
red, white, and blue, just yeah. like, you know, I support the Texas Rangers baseball team, so I'm going to, you know, it's like, you need to know the story, you know, it's like, you know, there we are the people, we are, we feed the people, you know, you need to know the backstory, and so we're trying to get the story out and, and, um, and hope that people will, will select Celtic as a, a team to support, you know, if they've never supported a team before, based on the background, the story, not, oh, I, I, I like green or whatever. We, we want them to know this is our history. So, Absolutely. Love it. Love it. Uh, you know, the, it's exactly what you should be doing. I, I really love that sort of stuff. Um, does it, you know, with the, the fact, obviously, he's, he's obviously Canadian, but, you know, with Johnson now um, playing for Celtic, do you think that'll give a little bit more of a kind of spotlight, um, having a kind of North American player playing in Celtic? Yeah, well, the Canadians have always um, tilted a wee bit um, green, I think, uh, for the most part. Um, there's a lot of Scots living in Canada, but yeah, it's it's the same thing with the uh, Nakamura effect, and you know, every any time we get we get a, an international, and then uh, folks from that country are like looking in, saying, "Oh, how's that guy doing?" Um, we we do get a, a knock on effect, you know. Um, you know, first it starts with shirt sales, and but yeah, the the Canadian fans. So when we were, we used to be a fully licensed club, and we paid membership dues to the North American Celtic Sports Club. But um, it was the U.S. and Canada are combined as far as um, you know the joint meetings and all that. Uh, we haven't officially been since we, we kind of disbanded a wee bit for a few years and then we're kind of slowly bringing it. Hopefully we get back into it with the size and our numbers yeah. uh, at Kelly's. But um, yeah, I think, um, yeah, the Canadians will, I think we'll get a few more. So I'm happy to see it. And obviously we've got, we've got Cameron Carter Vickers as well, who's with uh, the, the USA at the, the World Cup. Is, is, is it good to see an American playing for Celtic as well? Yeah, because uh, it was I, I, it was frustrating to see that Rangers were kept you know getting Raina Beasley and all these other Americans, and that was another factor that some folks started selecting uh, Rangers was because of that. But now it's funny. It's uh, you know I've got my my pals. I, I I play football myself in the over fifty league, and you know that's all they talk about was oh my god that one game that uh, that Vickers played in. You know we're absolutely solid uh, against England, so his name's getting out there. They know it's like, well, who's he play for? Oh, he plays for Celtic. Okay, all right. So yeah, it, I, I think it's fantastic that um, he's doing so well, and that uh, Big Ange just selecting him in the back there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in regards to kind of recent kind of highlights, what's been the kind of big highlights of uh, for the supporters club over the last you know six months to a year? Well, the biggest one was was Kelly's, and we've all been helping um, uh, Big Jim. We we think we're going to grow exponentially now that we have a a, a real venue. Yeah. Um, and he is a, a massive Celtic sports. You know, Jim Kelly's a massive Celtic sport himself, and um, so that's really going to help. You know, be, before we were have have to say well. You have to travel a wee bit, you know, uh, you know, an hour south uh, from where you live, and and it's where Kelly's is at. It's centrally located in Austin, so we can get um, 
folks who live north, south, east, west, whatever. Um, so we're, we're hoping to grow from this. Um, uh, fantastic. Um, how often do you try to get back to Glasgow? Does it happen often to games and stuff? And it, is it the same way kind of the kind of group at the supporters club? Do they get back often? Yeah, yeah. Several people make trips back and they, they try and take, take in a game. My last trip back was this summer, but uh, it was my kids. Uh, it was their high school uh, trip. And so my wife and I were chaperones. <laughs> so we, we had to uh, keep an eye on these 16 to 17 year olds um, in Dublin, Glasgow, and then our last stop was London. So um, I couldn't take in a game, obviously, uh, you know, um, when in season. But I mean, it was, you know, it's good to, to always go back and uh, stay connected. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how you feel? How you finding this season overall? How you finding Ange Postacoglu? What's your, your your feelings about him as a manager? How the club is at the moment currently? Oh, the guy, the guy's absolutely brilliant. Um, just the the way he finds these gems from all over. You know, just you know, he's he's got an eye. I don't know if it's the money ball thing or something, but looking at you know statistics on how they do, but it's it's just working out really well and. And uh, you know, you know the number of managers that the other folks go through. You know, it, 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 it's good to see that we're sticking with someone um, who, and we're giving them support. And that's the other thing is not you know to make sure the board knows that you know you gotta stay with this guy. Whatever he says, he if he picks someone from from Mars. Let him get the guy from Ireland. I mean, it's just that what he's doing is absolutely wonderful. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, Paul, this has been a, an absolute pleasure from the Austin Celtic Supporters Club. Um, thanks for getting involved, sir. Yeah, no problem. Thank you to Robert Parker, the president of the New York Fenian Boys, the Manhattan number one CSC. You can check out the Fenian Boys on Twitter at NYFenianBoys. They also have their own website, FenianBoys.com, in which you can find out all about them. They are based in Jack Dempsey's in New York City. It's a fantastic pub and a fantastic place to go, so check them out. Also, a big thank you to Paul Jameson from the Austin Celtic Supporters Club in Texas. You can check them out on Twitter. They are at Austin underscore CSC. And they are based in Kelly's Irish Pub in Austin. A fantastic club. Check them out when you're in the area. This has been episode two of Faithful Through and Through, a podcast all about Celtic supporters clubs from around the world, produced by The Cynic. I'm Chris Gallagher, and as always, we will finish with a quote from Willie Mealy. This club has been my life, and I feel without it, my existence would be empty indeed. Here, here, Willie.